I just came by to stir your soul up a bit. This is the Perfectly Imperfect Podcast with Regina and Christine, where we share our stories as women openly and honestly. We believe it's through our journeys, our happy and sad times that connect us as sisters, because we're all perfectly imperfect. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Perfectly Imperfect. I'm Regina. And I'm Christine. Okay, so tell everyone this whole story that was, it's completely mind-blowing. I can't believe this is what happens and this is the world that we live in. Yeah, exactly. So I think it was like last week or maybe two weeks ago now where one of my really good friends, she like messaged me. She was like, oh my God, go to this girl's like Instagram page. You need to watch her stories. And I was like, oh, what what's going on? She's like, she's being proposed to, but it's like in the super like extravagant and like ridiculous way and I was like what do you mean so like I went to her Instagram page she's an influencer yeah she's an influencer I believe she works at Goop but basically like he had planned this with her co-workers and he managed to set her out of office that says oh I'm being proposed to and then he tells her like oh go to Flywheel in Union Square in New York and she shows up and like all her friends are there and then she gets home and like Glam Squad gives her a makeover he sends her her to Miami and that was supposed to be like her bachelorette trip with one of her best friends and then they end up in Paris and like throughout this whole time like she didn't prepare so like along the way she's like going to Zara to do like a shopping spree and she gets like clothes and all this stuff like sent to her at the beginning everybody was like really like oh my god this is amazing proposal Mm -hmm. and then halfway through everyone's like wait a minute like now she's tagging brands and now you know like she's showing up at these very specific places that seems pretty unlikely that he would have been able to like plan it to this extent. Mm-hmm. And then Christine texted me yesterday this article about said proposal about how it was like a whole marketing scheme. Like it was just completely and purely an influencer proposal event, I guess. I don't even know what to call it because this is like the first of its kind. There was like evidence that there was a whole marketing deck that was sent out that they were like sending to different brands to ask them if they wanted to get involved. I think in the US right now, we don't have regulations as to like what things were gifted or not gifted, but you know, she's definitely tagging a lot of brands along the way yeah i think the whole thing is like they went about it while they were doing it like everything was a surprise to her like she had no idea and this like this fantasy whirlwind kind of prince charming that came and just you know oh my god here's the dress we got the dress for you don't worry like just come and choose your adventure and i actually think that they got married oh yeah that's right you said that yeah because like apparently their thing was that they never wanted to get married in like the traditional way and so at the end of his proposal was like their actual wedding and marriage and it was just their family in this like chateau in you know the countryside of France I mean that's amazing and it's also just like wow what they were presenting as in he planned everything Mm -hmm. planning a wedding even if it was like oh just small family and friends it's still a lot and given the whole extravagance of getting her there and all of that it's like every little detail like the thing was he wasn't there with her Mm, yeah he was sending her messages through his insta story so everything was public like they had to watch each other's like insta stories which was like a whole different level of like meta (laughs) yeah so he'll be like oh my god are you ready for this are you gonna choose this or that come find me here from an outsider's perspective is like oh my god that's amazing and it is amazing but i think the backstory is that it's not 
exactly what we think it is, where they presented it to be. Like they weren't forthright with the true business side of things because there's nothing wrong with taking sponsors. This is actually a really cool idea, to be honest. Yeah, to like definitely. think of that. Yeah, it's like pretty innovative to be like, hey, I want to do this that no one's ever done before and make it big. And it's a great, basically, PR stunt. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I just think it's just another thing that shows that everything's not what you think it is. And social media is a good example of that, presenting just a beautiful image of fantasy, which I think entertainment is just like that. So maybe it seems like what's happening a lot is social media and YouTube, Instagram, it's just going towards entertainment. So mm-hmm. like we were talking about reality shows and how a lot of it's scripted. Like you go in and you believe like, oh my God, yeah, this is what it is. And like keeping up with the Kardashians and all that. And later on you find out, well, no, a producer came up with all of that. It's all scripted. And something that came up recently was that Gina from JK Films, or Gina just from Gina, right? <laughs> she mm-hmm. like tweeted that, you know, how there was that whole thing with Kim trying to trademark kimono for her shapewear brand. And there's such an uproar about it, right? And then now she's not doing it. But Gina tweeted, wow, we were all had by her because she was never going to do it anyways. Like this was just a PR stunt to create buzz for her line. And now there is. Everyone's talking about her line. And I think that's crazy. The Kardashians are just so pro at that. They are. I feel like they're the ones who like really pioneered that. Like anytime there's drama that breaks out with that family, it's like two weeks before the premiere of their new season. Yeah. Which is wild. Or Kylie's coming out with another like line of something, you know, they're they're always coming out with something. And it's just so intertwined with what you think you know about them because of their reality show and how they make it seem so real real yeah and Mm -hmm. like even almost in a sense like they're your family they're your friends right which Mm -hmm. is why i think there's that even though yes they live a very extravagant celebrity life but the way they talk and argue with each other like i relate to that so they really are pros at blurring the line of what is like reality versus what is just scripted and it's just a very interesting time that we live in where i just never would think that i'm just very naive about those things but marketing had its like twisted and finest way of getting us to like buy things in evoke emotion yeah yeah yeah. i feel like that's what marketing has become like how much emotion can we evoke out of you whether it's anger happiness sadness whatever emotion they get out of you like you will forever kind of remember that brand whether it's good or bad and it all comes down to either those people trying to get validation for their success and who they are and their celebrityness or us trying to get validation for ourselves and our lives in some way and getting to see there is a connectiveness to all of that what draws us to drama what draws us to gossip and celebrity is part of us that wants to feel that same validation you know that same Ooh. yeah you know what i'm doing here uh, yeah. I, I see i see what I, you're I, doing I'm there setting you up. i'm sitting you up so you know this sorry i totally ruined your flow no no i just think like i'm like trying to connect something from yeah like kardashians (laughs) into this episode what do you mean kardashians don't relate to today's topic oh my god but regina tell us what we're talking about today well today we wanted to focus on external validation similar to that of what the kardashians do (laughs) i think it's totally natural for us to seek external validation i think as kids that's how we were able to learn you know when we were growing up our parents would teach us like oh this is right that's wrong this is good that is bad 
And I mean, that's a really good way to learn, right? Like I think that it sets that foundation. But I think that as we get older, it starts to affect the way that we learn to think for ourselves and it starts to affect our self-understanding. It kind of puts like that block at times. And then I think that as we get older, as an adult, sometimes what we're taught and what we start to think start conflicting. Mm -hmm. And that's when it builds this storm within you, or at least I know from personal experience for myself, where I start to seek that external validation, but it doesn't feel right. And I kind of lack that confidence in myself to really just go outright and be like, ah, yes, this is what I think. And I don't care what you think, because I still kind of do care what you think. Right. And it's something that comes from a place of self-awareness that Mm -hmm. you are actually trying to seek approval from others. And I think that's a really good spot to be in because before you're not even conscious that that's what you're trying to do and that your actions and your decisions are really based on what you think other people will think of you or how they will or won't approve of you. Like Regina said, a lot of it is patterns that we developed as children to be accepted, to be liked, because that's really what it means when we get the approval of others, right? It's like, oh, they like us. We're in. We're not weird. And end up living somebody else's life because it's based off of what others want and what others want for us. And we don't take chances on things because of the fear of, you know, not being liked or accepted or getting disapproved. We really wanted to dive into that because something that I think all of us experience, it's wired into our brains to really care about what others think of us. But now as grown adults, how do we step out of that and really learn to embrace and love us? Even if we're not completely sure of what we want and who we are. So yeah, Regina, in your past, how did you seek approval from people around you? Yeah, I mean, I think that this is something that has really come up as like a common thread in my life. And I remember as far back as to when I was really young, I remember being afraid of telling people like what my favorite color was. You have a thing with that color thing. I mean, last I in know. the previous episode, you're like, I think <laughs> I like blue. I don't, I like dusty rose. <laughs> yeah, like I just don't know. I don't, I think that it's just kind of like that idea of like, choosing something that is seemingly defining. I don't know. I feel like I think that that's just something that always like had affected me. But I just remember being afraid to tell people that my favorite color was orange because I really liked orange flavored candies. <laughs> don't at me. I know some people hate orange flavored candies, but I loved them. I hate, um, I hate orange flavored. See, those are the I ones knew that it. I'm, I'm going to at you. I'm totally going to Yeah, you. you should at me. No, I, give me give me all your orange flavored candies. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I just remember really liking that. I really liking that color because that was like something that I associated to something that I liked. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't cool to like orange. It was cool to like blue. You know, not to say that I didn't like blue, but I don't know if that would have necessarily been my favorite color if I got to choose. But were they your friends' favorite colors? It was. It was one of my best friend's favorite colors. And uh-huh. so then I was like, ooh. and she was like a little older than me and like cool. So I was like, oh, okay, then blue is my favorite color too. Yeah. That's like the simplified example, right? And then as I got older, that kind of expanded into various other aspects of my life. It gets a little more existential, like did I make a good decision about going to this school? Did I choose the right job? Did I choose the right person to date? You know, all of these questions that... I felt like I didn't have the answer to. And so therefore I needed to ask my friends for their validation or from my parents that started becoming toxic for me, not in the sense that I had toxic people telling me what to do, but toxic that I relied so much on them. 
and their opinion rather than like asking myself those questions. You know, obviously when I talk to a friend and they tell me what I want to hear, I'm like, okay, great. Then this is what I'm going to do. Or yes. Okay, cool. I've made the right decision. But if they told me something that I didn't like to hear, then that would just like literally sit like a dark cloud over my head. I didn't know how to have a workaround with that. And I think that that was particularly difficult with my parents as well. Mm -hmm. My parents are super supportive and I don't mean this in a negative way at all, but I think that there is that cultural misunderstanding that we will always have. And I think that we try really hard to talk openly and honestly about it, to try to understand it from one another's perspective. But I think that when I was young and going to college, it didn't make sense to them that I didn't want to go into medicine. And so I think that that was a really hard time for me because I kept trying to seek their validation. And of course, being the stubborn child that I was, I would always be like, oh, it's okay if I do this, right? Like, like you're still proud of me, right? Like, I remember asking my parents that you're, you're still proud of me, right? If I, mm-hmm. if I don't go into medicine and of course, Asian parents are always going to be like a little hesitant. They would always be like, oh yeah, we're proud, but you know, I wish you would go into medicine. And I think that that was just always that internal struggle with me to want to please everyone around me or for me to just accept that like, hey, this is something that I'm confident in myself. So I'm going to go out and do it. Like that was really hard for me. And to this day, I still kind of struggle with that, especially since right now we're both going down these like unconventional paths and unconventional meaning like, you know, we're working for ourselves. We're trying to start businesses. We're doing podcasts, creating content. Like that wasn't really like a traditional path. This is like fairly new, I would say in the past 10 years or so. So I think that the main driving factor through all of it, it was just that I didn't want to look dumb. Looking dumb has always been a really big insecurity of mine. Like my friends were always much smarter than me when I was growing up. And so I always wanted to feel that validation of like, oh, these people are really smart and my grades may not be as good as theirs, but like I'm still worthy of being here. And I think that that kind of plays into a lot of my other feelings of inadequacy and like why I continue to seek that external validation. Mm, Yeah, that is so good because just even getting to that place and then tracing it back into like how it's affected your life and really connecting the dots as to why it makes sense as to what type of life you're living now. So if you walk us through your thoughts, like what are some things now when you seek external validation that you feel like either that it had costed you in the past, like opportunities or things that you didn't try at all. And now when you see yourself doing it or feel yourself like trying to, I don't know, change your answers so that it fits other people or trying to present a better image like what are things that it costs you a lot actually I mean nothing no major regrets which I'm thankful for but I think that even like little opportunities like trying out for a choir in high school trying out for like things that I liked or was excited about but afraid of that judgment of liking something that wasn't cool or liking something that other people didn't like versus like I think now I almost in a way like pride myself on liking things that other people don't like or having interests that may be different from even like my closest of friends. Mm -hmm. I think that this external validation thing has also really affected my dating life. Mm. I think I was always really afraid like oh my god what if I I like 
you know, like this boy, but my friends don't think he's cute or my friends don't think that he's good enough or whatever. And then I think I get so in my head about what other people would think of him that I don't even know what I think of him. (laughs) And so I think that there are like a lot of missed opportunities in that sense, in the sense that like I just wasn't sure of myself, you know, like I wanted almost in a way to have other people live my life for me and like tell me what to do that I became really recluse. And I think that that really caught up to me in my 20s because your 20s are a time when you really start to explore your options and you kind of gain that confidence in yourself and learn what you like and don't like. But when you're constantly just trying to seek other people's validation while you're trying to go on this self-exploration, like those two just do not go hand in hand. If anything, they like butt heads. And that caused a little bit of like a dark time for me because then I was like, uh, I don't know what I want for myself because I know that doing this would make this person happy and like doing this would make that person happy. But it's like, but what do I want? And I think that it got even to the point where I didn't even know what I liked or what I wanted anymore. It makes perfect sense given that, you know, that example of when you're like, oh, I want to say that my favorite color was orange, but you know, I'm going to say blue because even at that point, you didn't trust yourself. Right. And that's kind of just the underlying thing of if you want to tie that to confidence, because when you don't trust yourself, you don't trust your intuition, then there is a lack of confidence in yourself. Mm -hmm. Right. So then we spend the rest of our lives just seeking approval from other people that we don't develop the skills to trust ourselves to know ourselves because that's all part of the process of getting to know ourselves is you make decisions and you learn from them so it's not like every single time you make a decision it's always going to turn out quote-unquote right in our heads there's always like a right or wrong decision and getting approval from others the more that we can get more people that like are telling us yes 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 the more that we feel like we're making the right decision yeah I find that the older I get, the more that that actually conflicts. Because the thing about self-awareness is that, especially in your 20s, it tends to happen where you're like the very truth that you grew up believing your entire life. Like you end up finding out in your 20s that that's actually not truth at all. But you've based so many of your beliefs and sense of self, your personality, your choices on just that quote unquote truth. I mean, the fundamental one that we always talk about, especially being Asian, is that if you follow this trajectory, this path that is laid out for you, and you get into these fields and become these professions, then you will ultimately be happy. That's why in your 20s, it starts to conflict because you start making other choices. And you're like, wait a sec, this isn't what I really want. So getting to know yourself and making those quote unquote risky choices and it's risky because it's uncertain we don't know what is going to happen from that versus if we quote unquote follow the path and gain the approval from other people usually the approval of other people is based off of paths that have been proven to be quote unquote successful in their eyes so there's less risk you know i'm really talking about like our parents culturally and also societal Mm -hmm. and then from that our friends are also being influenced by their parents and based off of their gender what they've been taught and all of that so it's just kind of this reinforced circle of like what is right what we should all do and if you're outside of that circle or norm then yeah it makes sense that people are going to be like uh no orange is weird you're weird Weird. get out of here Regina you know <laughs> my worst nightmare yeah. <laughs> 
I really love what you said about tracing it back to just the fear of looking dumb. Because when I was thinking about it and reflecting too, based off of my past behaviors and even current ones of seeking external validation, it all comes down to me looking stupid. Everything that I just said right now, like this dramatic play of like being outcasted by the villagers <laughs> and they're casting stones and I'm running into the wild and I have to survive on my own. It's just so ridiculous. But that's essentially... That was a very specific example. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say it was rational, <laughs> but I may have pulled that from a movie somewhere. It's almost like back in the day where like, they used to try to hunt for witches. Mm. And they burn you alive at the stake. And just because you're weird, right? To them, they, they don't understand like anything. That's like the ultimate sense of being outcasted. Mm. Being a witch. <laughs> for, for being different. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think if you play out the fear, and we laugh about it now, right? Because it sounds so silly, but it actually comes from, I think, my inner child from way back when I first started to seeking approval from other people, hiding myself under a rock of like what my thoughts were and not knowing what I really wanted. So I just went with everyone else because I wanted to be accepted. I didn't want to be different. That's why it makes sense that, you know, there's the analysis paralysis because we have that anxiousness that we want everything to be perfect because we don't want to be judged and we want it to be liked. We avoid doing things or speaking out for things that we find important to us, even when we realize it because that's our intuition. But then we're like, ooh, everybody else is saying this, though. We reject opportunities that we might really want to do. There's this fear of failing. I actually find that we go out of our way to give ourselves more work to avoid getting criticized or getting negative feedback. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I do that all the time. I feel like I am so fearful of people not agreeing with me that I will literally go about it in a roundabout way so that they have like no <laughs> choice but to agree with me. Maybe that's the Gemini manipulation in me. Apparently that's one of my many <laughs> fabulous traits. She's really good at that. Yeah, but I think that this idea of looking stupid is really ingrained in us. Like I think that in movies and stuff like that, you know, they put the hat on the kid, the, like the little white cone and, you know, kids get teased for like not knowing about things. Things and like the kids point at you and they laugh at you. That's the iconic scene. I yeah, but the crazy head. thing is, like, that's actually never happened to me in real life. Nor have I ever participated in pointing at someone and laughing. It's like ingrained in us that, like, you know, we want to look cool. Was it at like the movie Gone Girl where she has like the whole cool monologue? I think Ashley from Best Dressed talked about this in one of her recent videos, where girls want to seem cool, you know, so the boys will like her. And I think that that's how every girl wants to feel. They want to be adored and popular and all of these things. And so by not liking the color orange and liking the color blue, maybe that'll up their chances or my chances specifically for becoming the popular one or the more liked one. And that'll help me relate to other people better. And it almost creates like a persona where you're not even yourself anymore. It's like you're just creating like a filter of what you think everyone else wants to see and then therefore getting yeah. that, gaining that acceptance. Yeah, there's like this great quote that as of right now, I can't really pull from who said it. I think I said it imperfectly imperfect before where it's like, you know, I'm not who I think I am. 
I'm who I think you think I am.、Mm, yeah. I think that that's a really, really good quote. I think I butchered it, but we'll post it on Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys have it. But yeah, exactly. We're, we're not even who we think we are. We're who we think the other person sees us as, and that's who we try to become. And that's not even how the other person sees us. Exactly. It's, it's our interpretation. It was so crazy. I was reading statistics, and it said 55% of people associate their self worth with what others think of them. I read an example where it was like person A sees person B, and person B is like wearing like a gray dress, which reminds person A of like a old teacher that they hated in the past. So then they automatically hate person B. And. <laughs> And like person B feels awful because they're like, oh my God, I can feel that person A doesn't like me. But person A doesn't even like person B for like a completely different reason. Like you can't control what other people are thinking of you and why they think that of you or how they think that of you. But if person B were to keep seeking out the approval of person A for reasons that are completely irrelevant to them, then <laughs> they're never going to get it anyways, right? Exactly. And yeah, we go out of our way to make it a bigger deal. A lot of times it's like a bigger deal in our own heads, like this mental battle, which causes way more stress, way more worrying. When most times what other people think of us has nothing to do with us.、Mm-hmm. So that is one of the biggest mind blowing moments. Of truth that I realized. I did this exercise for this workshop that I attended and a long time ago, and they had this exercise of us picturing ourselves outside walking in the world and everyone's looking at you and judging you. And it's everything that we said about our fears and like being rejected and being ostracized, people throwing stones at us, you know? <laughs> Running away from a village. <laughs> exactly. The rejection, the shame, the pain, and all that. Then they were like, okay, now imagine yourself in the same scenario outside. Where everybody is feeling judged by you. Imagine just kind of the inverse of that. Now the reflection is like a mirror of they all feel that same way of being judged. Like we're all in the same boat. You can reflect back into the thoughts of your head of even just like, just start with people close to your life. You're like, oh, what, is, what does my mom really think of me? You know? And then what about my boyfriend? It seems like he still has feelings for this ex. And you start building. This whole situation and scenario in your head of just things that aren't necessarily really happening. And that's exactly what that exercise is presented to me, where it's like there's just so many things that we build up in our own heads that drives us to do what we do and make the decisions that we make. And it's completely based off of falseness and just lies that we tell ourselves. External validation is one of them because you're not truly getting validation, to be honest, because it's not true validation unless it comes from you. And it's easy for us to say that. I feel like all of our advice always ends up to like, well, self love and coming from within. But that really is the key、mm-hmm. because as long as you're chasing validation from somebody else, it's never really true validation because it's not coming from you, yeah. Yeah. right? And you pretending to be something that you're not to try to get that. And even if you convince yourself that that is what you want, it's still based off of what you think somebody wants from you versus coming from a true place of this is my truth. I know that I want that. Like, I know that I actually really like blue. After all this soul searching, I realized that I really, really like blue. But it's not coming from a place of I like blue because. Everybody else likes blue, and I'm not too sure. I'm just saying that. Like, that's the difference. You know, so we're not saying like you can't like what everybody else <laughs> is liking. It's just, it's coming from a different place, right? And that takes a lot of self work. It does. 
Because I think that now that we're being fed social media, social media literally will tell you down to what kind of milk you should be drinking and water bottle you should be using. It takes a lot longer now because we're being told so much of what we're supposed to like and do and all of those things that it really does take that moment of like, hey, am I going to this museum because I like this museum or am I going to this museum because I want to get that Insta picture? Yeah. And everyone's like, oh my gosh, she's so cool and artsy and so hip. Like some of the past behaviors that I realized that I did was I pretended to understand things that had no idea what people were talking about. Because I didn't want to before. I didn't want to sound stupid. I didn't want to ask questions. Like Joey from Friends with the Encyclopedia. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely me. Um, I also didn't want to be quote unquote that person and complain or bring up stuff that would conflict with other people's opinions. Mm. And I wanted to seem easygoing. Yeah, and like, oh, that was yeah. huge. Like mm-hmm. I can trust Christine. She understands, right? Although I talked about my rebellious side, I also thought about it where like I did a lot of things behind their backs because I didn't want to face their disapproval or backlash. I mean, yeah, there's some things I was like, screw you, this is what I'm going to do. But I also, even as adult now, I do a lot of things behind their back without them knowing. Like I lived with Jack without telling them because I didn't want them to be like, mm, bad daughter. For like seven years. I'm honestly like really <laughs> impressed you pulled that off. I really don't know how you did that. I mean, ultimately when we told them, they were like, yeah, yeah. you already. I was like, dang it. <laughs> That's what I mean. You create all this extra work for yourself. So like Jack and I would hide our stuff and always try to like I'm not home don't come right now and just they kind of they knew anyways you know (laughs) our parents are also a lot smarter than we give them credit for I know I know we're always like no they'll never know but yeah they know so what are some things that currently you realize that you seek external validation right now the thing that weighs like very heavily on me is definitely like my career I think that was what was affecting me so much, especially when I was like first moved back. Um, I was kind of riding this high off of like, oh, I worked in those big buildings in New York and I did it. And then now, now what, you know, the thing that helps me a lot too was me trying to define what success meant for me. And that took a really long time. And I'm still working through that. What Christine has taught me in the more recent like months is like, you know, pen to paper, what you want. You know, you say you have all these ideas and stuff like that, and that's great. But unless you write it down and you get very specific with your goals and your ideas, they're just kind of these like concepts. And so, you know, once I started writing those things down, I also started to learn to acknowledge the things that I was good at and not just like make excuses for them. Not just be like, oh Mm. yeah, well, you know, I know how to do this, but like everybody knows how to do this or yeah, I'm good at that. But like everyone knows how to do that, you know, like not make excuses for that and be like, Hey, actually, yeah, these are things that I think I'm really good at. And so I'm going to take the lead on this, you know, like with the podcast and stuff, Christine and I are trying to play to each other's strengths and interests. And so we kind of tag Mm. team, um, different activities and stuff like that. And so I think that just gaining the understanding and having the confidence in myself for a while, I just kind of lost that. And so I think that that was at a time when I sought external validation the most because essentially I was like fishing for compliments because I didn't know how to compliment myself. And so I wanted other people to tell me like, oh, you're so great at that. Like, oh my God, that was so good. You know, just oh, so good, so good. And like clapping. Because that makes sense. Like if you're at a low place of confidence, you're going to seek it elsewhere because you can't give it to yourself. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. How would you seek for that? Since I've moved home, getting a lot of that external validation from my parents 
parents, which is like, Hey, hey, hey didn't I do that really well? Or, you know, talking to my friends and being like, Hey, hey I, I did this thing. Isn't that cool? <laughs> just a lot of that stuff. I feel like I saw a lot of like words of affirmation because I think mm. also since moving back, like my friends are a little more spread out. So communication has been like our best way to keep in touch rather than like spending time in person. So I feel like I'll text them about all like the good things that I've done or accomplished so that they can be like, mm. good job, you know, pat on the back. And like a lot of like the darker things and, and stuff like that, I would try to hide. And I remember at a brunch with two of my best friends, we were sitting and eating. And I think that that's when all the doubts and fears and insecurities that I had about myself that like no amount of external validation could pick me up from. And I just remember sitting at this restaurant in West LA and I just bawled. I just cried for like Mm. an hour of the brunch. Like we barely even ate the food because I was just crying so hard. And I think that that was definitely kind of a rock bottom moment for me when I was like, you know, it doesn't matter how many people tell me like, oh, you're so great. You're so pretty. You're so, you know, whatever. If I don't feel that about myself, I'm not going to believe their words. Yeah. That's the thing, right? No matter how much you collect of the external validation, it never actually mm-hmm. fills you up, right? So it's just kind of like a temporary solution to just Numb like... the pain. Exactly. And just go on cruise control. And then hitting that moment where you said it was kind of like your lowest point from hearing you say that, it sounds like your inner spirits like Regina this isn't a solution (laughs) you know something has to change right so then I mean no you kind of touched upon it earlier but this is a great part to go into the advice and takeaways so what did you start doing the main question I started asking myself was like why don't I trust myself why am I not confident in how I feel or what I think or what I want to do like what are the things that are holding me back and I think a lot of the time it was as much as I try to say that you know other people's opinions and stuff don't bother me like I think that that was one of my bigger fears like if I start this clothing line and it doesn't do well what are people going to think of me if we do this podcast and we try all these other aspects of it and it doesn't work what are people going to say? Like, am I defined by those successes and only those successes? I think that I just like really got into my head and I tried to talk myself through it. So I tried to be like, okay, if this is what I want to do, then these are the things that I need to do. Am I willing to do that? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think good friends will always support you. They'll always try to give you sound advice. But I think that you need to have that confidence in yourself for them to be like, oh, yes, she's got something there. I just really needed to learn to trust myself in the process. You know, what I said earlier about listing out my own strengths, but then also acknowledging my weaknesses so that I know what I'm capable of and what would potentially hold me back. Another main thing too is just to stop comparing yourself to other people. That's a huge part of external validation, right? You're comparing yourself to everyone else and where they're at. And when you feel like you're falling behind, you want them to tell you that it's okay. Or you want them to be like, oh, but it's your own path. And, you know, we've heard that 800 million times, but it really is your own path. 
you don't need to do other things because other people are doing it. You don't need to be at the same point because everybody is growing at different paces. And I always bring this up, but I really do love what you say, um, Christine, when you say like, you know, there's no one in this world that has the same path as you. And that's so true. And so what are you going to do about that? Like, how are you going to use your power and your inner strength to uplift others too? You know, I think that what I also saw after on social media was like, I would watch a lot of vlogs or like watch a lot of other people living out their lives. And that's when I really realized like, oh, I'm really unhappy with mine. And then that comparison Mm. only furthered my insecurities. And so I did kind of a little bit of like an unfollow spree where I was like, you know what? I respect these people, but sometimes seeing them go on all these vacations and have like the perfect body and like all these things played in to my own insecurities. And it's not that I don't admire what they do. It's just that sometimes I needed that mental break. Right. Yeah. And a detox from just the negative noise that comes up in your own head about those things. And it's kind of like a mirror back of your own, like how you're, how you're not being kind to Mm -hmm. yourself. You know, the key thing that I hear you saying, and I think it's absolutely true in kind of developing this validation for yourself and from within is by being truly honest with yourself. That is a true component of getting to know what you're really thinking inside. And it's uncomfortable and it's painful. It feels like an extraction of things that your entire life you've been training yourself to push down and suppress and ignore for a reason because it's painful and it can be cringeworthy and feel oh I don't I don't want to do this that's why people don't do it it's easier just to numb out like you said it and go on default because then you can choose to believe that you're this image that you're presenting out into the world because that looks a lot better than all the mess that's going on inside but then if you're able to really dig in deep think of it as like a cavity where the more that you leave it there the more that it infests and breaks down things inside your tooth that if we don't extract it it's just going to feel more and more painful to the point where you can't Mm -hmm. ignore it which is why for example in Regina's case you hit a low point for me I got depressed you know I'm not saying that everyone's going to go to that extreme but that is truly understanding that your mentality ties in with your physical everything emotional mental physical it's all tied in so a lot of the pains and illnesses that we go through even if you think like I have a slight migraine or something it's tied in to a lot of our mental emotional stuff inside so it's really important to do a deep cleansing. It only serves you. And if you need help doing that, that's why people now are investing in their mental health. Because if you're asking yourself these questions and you're resonating with the stuff that Regina has said or I have said, it's because there's something that's not aligned. When you realize that you're making decisions that don't align with you, you can start asking yourself, like, what do you really think about this? Why don't I trust my own opinion right now? Just like Regina said, ask yourself and then play out your deepest and darkest fear all the way through. Like we did that earlier, where what are you truly, truly afraid will happen? And for us, you know, it's being chased by villagers. For me, it's being chased (laughs) by villagers. You know, and you really get to see like how irrational these thoughts, the root of it, where it's really coming from. And then you can choose like, that's not true. That's irrational you know that sounds like for me it's like that sounds like what a three-year-old who was hurt by something that's what I thought I made up in my own head it just has grown and manifested unconsciously in my head as that deep cavity we talk about practicing self-love but that's truly the key I mean perfectly imperfect is really just based off of how do we practice more self-love because that's that really is the answer to discovering who you are digging into the deepest core of you to empower yourself and to fill your well so that it's unlimited versus trying like the external validation is just you think 
like you're getting filled up, but it's all fake. It's just air. It's nothing. It deflates you, actually. It causes actually more stress versus when you practice self-love and self-kindness. What are some of the things you hope that somebody else will say to you in terms of approval and validation? Like, oh, I just want my mom to say, you're amazing, you're great. And even if it doesn't turn out, don't worry. We still love and support you. You'll never disappoint us. Say that to yourself. That's how you practice self-kindness to yourself. It's hard, hard. dude. It's hard because (laughs) we have wired our brains to be Mm self-critical. And now (laughs) at like, you know, age 20, 30, 40, we're like rewire it the other way. It just doesn't work. You can't just flip that switch. It is practice. It's building that mental muscle. It's a world of difference because that helps you change the filter and perspective that, you know, some people are like, I just see the world as half empty. And that's fine if you do, you know, but how is it working out for you? And if you're feeling conflicted and you're feeling frustrated and all that, people ask, well, how do I switch it the other way? I can't just like switch my own personality and how I see the world. Actually, you can. It's a choice. It always comes down to a choice, but it takes practice. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else that you wanted to impart some of your wisdom? (laughs) I feel like you said a lot that is really helpful even for me to remind myself on on a daily basis because it's not something that once you get it, you get it for the rest of your life. It's definitely a day-by-day process. Some days I'm very confident in my own abilities and other days I'm like, mom, tell me I'm great, (laughs) you know? So I think it's just really like what you said very beautifully, just having that confidence in yourself, looking within, seeing if everything aligns with yourself, like what you're doing and how you're feeling. Trusting the process is my big 2019 takeaway just trusting it you don't have to be anywhere that you're not right now everything is a journey everything happens in its own time here's like a silly example but like i still sometimes get really annoyed when i have acne and there's a pimple that pops up i'm like oh come on you're like 35 now you know but then i have now started to switch that mentality to like you know trusting the process that my body will heal itself yeah you know? i mean honestly and it does yeah, it does isn't it our amazing? bodies are resilient things and so are our minds. I love that. We do have to trust in the process, trust in this fact that we're all growing and we're all still learning so much about ourselves. And so even though it doesn't feel like it on some days, like we are getting better and more confident and more self-assured and keep trusting yourself. And there is no right or wrong. If you can really marinate on that, it really opens up that space to letting things go Mm. and everything will ultimately pan out the way that it's supposed to be and if it's not the outcome that you wanted what can you learn from it type of thing yeah you know yeah i'm so happy that we talked about this and dove into like external validation i think that's something that everyone goes through and thank you for being so open and honest about like stuff that you've been through in the past and what you're currently struggling with you too yeah i feel like this is something that just has been on my mind a lot lately and i was like you know what I want to do an episode about this because this really affects my day-to-day life in various, various ways. Dude, you're not alone. (laughs) So if this episode really spoke to you, um, it would mean the absolute world to us if you would pass it along. And if you could please go to our iTunes page and leave a review or a rating, it really, really does help us a lot to kind of gain that exposure and just to get the word out there about our show. You know, we're really, really proud of this community that we've built and it would just mean the absolute world to us if we can continue to build upon that and continue to share our stories openly and honestly that was such a feel-good episode on my end (laughs) so we'll see you guys next week Bye. bye